Welcome to the Love Well Podcast. Glad you are back with me this week. I uh, took a week off last week and uh, had a had a busy one, um, but also uh, had some recalibration on the, the direction or uh, what what was going to go into uh, this little Romans series and wasn't quite ready to uh, to make that adjustment here in the podcast yet, but we are we are ready to go, and um, yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's interesting uh, doing this Love Well podcast. Uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that that I do on a regular basis is uh, tell stories about about people who are who are loving well, people who are carrying out through their lives uh, the the gospel the message of Jesus the way that he uh, the way that he showed us to to live and love and so even though I'm uh, doing this Romans series and, and doing some uh, doing a little bit more kind of uh, Bible Bible teaching kind of stuff uh, I also uh, just want to give a I don't know, give a quick shout out or whatever to um, to someone on a regular basis uh, that I see uh, loving well. My Facebook page is kind of filled with stories that that get shared on uh, you know the national uh, social media things and stories that that people um, that people uh, share. But uh, this past Friday night, um, you know we. There was a something that happened at the football game that uh, that was that was a little bit tough, and uh, we saw, uh, I, I saw the way that our that our community responded, um, and I loved the fact that uh, there were hugs just kind of given out. Uh, people were people were aware of the need. Um, for human touch, for human engagement. And, and they weren't afraid to show it. They weren't afraid to, uh, to hug someone who they knew needed that. And, uh, that, that's what loving well looks like. Paying attention, being aware outside of yourself, uh, the needs of others. And and that's, man, that, that really gets to the heart of of loving well, and so uh, I hope as you go through your week this week, uh, you'll you'll make a you'll make an attempt at that. You'll try to to be aware of of what's happening around you, what's happening in the lives of other people. Uh, try to be aware of of the people that come across your um, come across your path, and and not be just uh, completely and totally self absorbed. And if you're anything like me, uh, to be self-absorbed is it's just so easy because there's so much going on. There's so many things floating through my head, floating through my mind, so many things on my calendar, so many things on my to-do list that uh, that when I'm out, I, I so very often just don't see anybody. There are people always around us, right? Um, but the key is, is seeing them, paying attention to them, noticing them. And uh, so... Uh, that's that's my encouragement to you uh, to love well this week. Um, 
So uh, on the podcast, though, uh, this week here, what what we're going to do is we're going to spend a little time in Romans chapter two. Uh, I would, if you are, if you are somewhat local to Ypsilanti, and uh, want to get uh, a little bit more of of what it is that that I'm teaching uh, out of the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans, I would encourage you to to join us uh, at missional what we call missional community on Sunday night, six o'clock. We eat dinner together, and uh, then about seven o'clock we we kind of pile into my living room and we open the scriptures and and we talk and there are people uh, from a variety of different spiritual backgrounds spiritual maturities uh, you don't have to have like some sort of uh, you know theology degree to to engage in the conversation um, and uh, so I hope I hope that you'll come uh, you can if you need details on on when uh, or where I've given you the when Sunday night six o'clock the where is my house and uh uh, if you need need details uh, for that, just just hit me up uh, either on Facebook, facebook.com slash Daniel M. Rose, uh, or you can uh, hit me on Telegram, uh, and that's t.me slash Daniel M. Rose, or you can connect with me on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose. And uh, so any of those channels will be, will be great ways for you, to, for you to connect with me and for me to fill you in on, on what exactly a, a Sunday night uh, looks like at Missional Community. So... Uh, so we are, uh, the approach that we're going to take on Sunday nights is we're going to actually going to work our way through Romans backwards. I think I mentioned that on the last podcast. Um, so often we have looked, the evangelical church has looked at Romans as uh, just purely some sort of theological treatise that Paul wrote and uh, that it's just a, a systematic theology. And in some ways, in some ways I suppose that's true. Um, I, I know that I definitely held that position for a very long time. Um, but I think when we, when we hold that, when we say that Romans is, is, just, is just systematic theology, or that Romans is, is Paul's systematic outworking of, of his understanding of the gospel, what we're doing is we, are, we really are neutering the power of Romans. Because Romans is, is so... It's so subversive, and it is and it is so rooted in our bodies, and it is rooted in how we are to live. Um, you know, it, it's it's funny. For a long, long time, uh, I have said uh, that Romans eight is the height of the scriptures, um, and. Uh, and in some sense, it's, I think that might still be true, but, but I got to tell you, Romans 12, whew, whew, it is ridiculously powerful stuff. And I've heard Romans 12, 1 and 2 talked about a lot in church and by my colleagues um, and in my time with, with crew you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 was, was a, were a couple of verses that, that we spend a lot of time on. But I got to tell you, the rest of Romans 12 is, is it's, it's just, um, it subverts so much of the way we live. Uh, Romans 13, 14, 15 are, are so applicable to today's world and society and, and the questions that we are 
that we are working through and asking and trying to figure out. And, uh, and we are really missing it when we give priority uh, to, uh, to Romans uh, kind of one through one through eight in a sense, uh, where we, where we, 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 we give so much to those chapters when we teach it that we really miss uh, Romans 12 through 12 through 15. And, uh, and that's really sad. And so we're going we're gonna to flip that script on Sunday nights at our missional community and give the emphasis to 12 through 15. But what we're going to do, um, what I want to show people on Sunday nights is how 12 through 15 relate, directly relate back to uh, 1 through, really kind of 1 through 8. Uh, 9 through 11 is kind of its own deal. Uh, in my mind, as, as I have as I have worked myself through this, um, and uh, and so we are. So that's how how we're going to approach this on on Sundays. Um, but on the podcast, I want to give I do want to kind of give a little bit of that. Uh, hey, what's what's going on here in these in these first few chapters? Um, because there is rich theology, there is rich doctrine, and I don't want to downplay that either. Right? I don't. I don't want to swing a pendulum from from one extreme to the other. What I want to do is is try to bring some balance into my teaching of of this letter because I think the um, I think a lot of the stuff that is uh, is so applicable to our lives right now is is located in the in the latter half of this book, and uh, too often we ignore it. And yet, uh, that being said, uh, these these first few chapters. Are I don't think they're as watered down as as we have made them out to be uh, in the Romans Road and in some of our uh, kind of evangelical uh, fundamentalist approaches to to the letter of the Romans. Um, it's this is this is really subversive stuff, and this is stuff that really uh, really should force us to take a deep, hard look. Uh, in into our lives, uh, to quote the great theologian John Christ, uh, we need to check our hearts a little bit here with uh, with Romans Romans chapter two. And if if you don't know what I'm talking about, man, get on YouTube, uh, search John Christ, uh, check your hearts, and uh, you will you will die laughing. It is it is some funny funny stuff. Um, but uh, uh, Romans Romans two is where we're going to pick up uh, in Romans one. Uh, you have Paul kind of lay, lay out this introduction. We talked a little bit about that in the last podcast. In the second half of Romans 1, he talks about the effects of idolatry and, um, and kind of lays out uh, some things regarding shame and power structures and, uh, and what happens when, when we give ourselves, uh, when, when people who, who don't know Christ give themselves over to idolatry. And, uh, and so in Romans 2, he picks that up. And, and, he, and, and at the end of Romans 1, you, you're kind of going, um, yeah, you know, the, the, you have to sort of imagine the, the God-fearer, the Jew, um, uh, even potentially the Gentile Christian are, are kind of cheering. They're like, yeah, because uh, that, that second half of Romans 1 is, is really lambasting Roman society and the way that the Roman power structures are at work. And these people, 
uh, would have would have just been fired up at the end, especially with, with 32, right? Romans 1.32, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. And they, you know, these folks uh, probably were just kind of, in a sense, cheering cheering for Paul, saying, yes, you get it. You, you've nailed it, right? These folks are without excuse. They're, um, you know, this is, this is, oh, they're, they're so bad. And Romans 2, verse 1, Paul just rolls. He says, You therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. This, that statement in and of itself is, really sets up, I think, the, the argument uh, that we see going forward uh, really through the rest of the letter where Paul is trying to do some work here to bring unity to the Roman church because you had you had a pretty clear uh, you have a pretty clear delineation between the Jewish house churches and the Gentile house churches and they were very segregated and they were very put apart um, and they weren't they weren't hanging together and and what we find later, and this is where how, how this connection thing works that I'm talking about, later in in Romans uh, in Romans 14, right? You have uh, you have Paul lay out this whole discussion of the weak and the strong, and really that whole discussion is a rec- is a, is a passage about bringing justice, um, bringing making things right between Jew and Gentile in in the Roman church. This is a racial issue that, that Paul is that Paul is, is attacking head on and he starts it right here in Romans chapter two. He's laying this groundwork. He's saying, listen, you who pass judgment, you who pass judgment on someone else, for whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you do the same stuff. You see, his point is that none of us, none of us go through this life um, w- without judging someone. We all do. We all do. But we all fail by our, our own measure of judgment. And I'm guilty of this. I'm 100% guilty. Shoot, I'm so guilty of this that it, this just happened last night. I, I was hanging out with, with a couple of buddies and... Um, we're, we're hanging out, having a pipe, enjoying enjoying some time together, and um, and we got talking about uh, some some issues surrounding the Confederacy and racism and that kind of thing. And um, I I slid into this position of judgment, and I know better, and I didn't listen, I didn't pay attention. I, I wasn't, I wasn't giving my close friends a beneficial or generous hearing. I was hearing what I wanted to hear. And, and in so doing, I was, I was doing the very thing. I was doing the very thing that I was accusing them of doing in that conversation. We all do it. If we just pay attention a little bit to ourselves, we all do this. And 
and it's so easy to see in our politics and that kind of stuff, um, or in you know sports fandom. You know, if you're if your uh, sports program has somebody do something awful, you you figure out a way to kind of minimize it. But if the if your rivals' sports program does something awful, you it's the worst that's ever happened. Right? We all do this because we're all picking sides. We're all we're all working out of these these self-centered idolatry idolatrous positions is what Paul would say. And and so what happened last night with me and my couple of buddies, I was I was so so far in the wrong. Um I was so far in the wrong. And I, you know, that man, shortly after I left there, I, I texted them and, and asked for forgiveness and they gave forgiveness and and it was and, it, and I was so thankful for that. Um but I was really living out this this Romans Romans chapter two, uh, verse one, and, and and Paul. You know, Paul doesn't stop; he just keeps going. Right, verse two, it says, "Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment, or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, forbearance, and patience?" not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. I mean, think about what he's saying for a minute. There is, uh, there is no partiality with God. And, um, and, he, and, and Paul gets to that point. He, he presses through this. In verse 11, he says, For God does not show favoritism. Um, there is no favoritism between Jew and, and Gentile. And, and there is no favoritism here between the one who... Uh, you know, the the person he's talking to in here in chapter 2 and the person he's talking about in chapter 1. The one who passes judgment and the one who is is doing, just doing horrible things. Um, they're, they're one and the same. They're one and the same. They, they experience the same result. They experience a, a condemnation. You know, um, I experienced that last night. Uh, that that sickness you feel when you know you've crossed a line. That sickness you feel when you know you were unloving. When you know you were unkind. Um, and in verse four, where Paul's talking about, you know, um, do you not realize that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? He's kind of pointing back to. I hear echoes in this, in these in these verses of verse three and four, back to the parable. Um, of the uh, of the unforgiving servant, right? The uh, where you know the the master forgives the servant a you know bajillion dollars, basically for, knows he can't pay it back, and so he forgives him. And then that servant turns around and wants you know basically five bucks from from his fellow servant and beats him and sends him to debtor's prison, and it's not right, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm, you know, the, the, that echo is in, the echo of that parable is in this. Where Paul's saying, you know, but by the grace of God go I, so to speak. I mean, I know that seems so, so utterly simplistic. But that's what he's getting at. And, and you look at, you look at our religious world. You look at. Um, I look at people who call themselves followers of Jesus. 
and, and I don't doubt their followership. They're so much like me. We are older brothers. The parable of the prodigal son, right? Where the older brother is standing outside the party judging everything and angry and upset and hurt because he can't figure out why that guy is getting grace. Why does that kid deserve grace? Why does my kid brother deserve grace? This this kind of thing cuts across um, so, so many aspects of our culture. Why does that gay person deserve grace? Why does that immigrant deserve grace? Why does that... Um, refugee deserve grace. I've worked hard here. I've worked hard. I've done all the right things. They don't deserve grace. I deserve grace. And you see, do you see the fundamental flaw in that line of thinking? Which is that we don't deserve grace. None of us deserve grace. Grace is what is extended to humanity by God through His, His sovereign hand. His sovereign, gracious, kind, love-centered hand is how grace gets doled out. And we have no control over that. And, and so when we are living in Romans 2, 2 1 through 4, we are a people, uh, we are people who, who are trying to control God's grace. And it's not up to us to control God's grace. It's not up to us to determine who gets it and who doesn't. God determines it. Because it is God's kindness that leads to repentance. Repentance is change. Repentance is to turn to turn from one way of life and live another way of life. This is what God wants us to experience. He wants us to experience repentance. He wants us to experience a different way of life. God is about us. He's about, he's about accepting us. He's about, he's about welcoming us, accepting us, loving us, but changing us. We don't stay the same when we encounter the God of the universe. We don't stay the same when we come face to face with, with, with Christ. We just don't. Because, because when we come face to face with Christ, when we come face to face with the God of the universe, what we see is such grace, such mercy, such love, such kindness, such gentleness, that, that, we, that we must respond in kind, Right? We must respond. We must change. We must, we must move towards a posture of love. And extending that kind of love, extending that kind of grace, extending that kind of mercy, that radical grace, that radical mercy, that radical love to, to everyone around us as agents of that love, grace, and mercy. This is what it means to be an ambassador this is what it means to be one who is proclaiming the gospel, the, the song, the victory song of Christ. It is, to, is, to, is to proclaim a song of one who, who sacrificed himself on behalf of a world that hated him so that we might learn to love our enemies. He flips the whole thing on its head, right? Um you know, and what what has struck me, what has struck me in, in the letter to the Romans is that, uh, and what has struck me really reading reading Jesus is they go to the heart of some of our, I think some of our, uh, those of us who come from more of an evangelical background, 
uh, I think it, I think it strikes to the heart of some of our platitudes, right? Um, we, we we have preached a very much an easy believism for many many years, and and yet Paul doesn't Paul doesn't lay that out. I don't think faith. Faith, we'll get, we're going to get to faith in, in later podcasts, and what does that mean? Um, I think I think the I think the letter written by James to the churches is very instructive for us, and we'll get there. Um, but Paul says something here in the middle of, of Romans two in, the, in this in this little beginning part here, and brought, listen to what he says. Starting verse five, he says. But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. That's that's from Psalm 62. Uh, to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. You know, it's it's so interesting here uh, that that Paul lays against um, self-seeking. Self-seeking is, is what it is to reject truth. It, 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 this is what he argues in chapter one, and this is what he comes back to in chapter two. A self-seeking, a self-centeredness. Uh, it is idolatry, right? And it is a rejection of the truth, and it is a following of evil. Um, but it's interesting. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. There, You would expect here in this moment for Paul to say you have to believe for Paul to say you have to have faith but Paul is pushing beyond simple beliefism right simple beliefism Paul Paul is saying no 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 there's more you have to persist in doing good in seeking seeking glory and honor and immortality you have to push through it. You have you have to live this out. This is this is not an intellectual assent to some sort of idea. This is not just praying some prayer and saying I'm good. That's not what it's about. It is about an everyday living of your life. An everyday seeking the good. And and what is to seek evil is to seek self. So I think we can I think we can rightly say the seeking of the good is, is, is the loving of neighbor. It's, it's the loving of enemy. It's setting ourselves aside. And self-sacrifice is, is the seeking of good. And in so doing, then, we are seeking glory and honor and immortality. I mean, think about that for a minute. That, that, goes, so, that goes so against. That goes so against our culture. It goes completely against first century Roman culture where honor was everything and you would do all kinds of things to get honor. But Paul's saying the way you get honor is to stop self-seeking. 
that seems to not make any sense. And this, this has echoes back to the Tower of Babel, right? Where the people are going to build this tower to heaven to make their name great. And Paul is saying, no, in that story, God said, no, that's not how your name gets made great. I make your name great. It is by grace. And so Paul is saying, you need to live. You need to live. And in this wrath, this anger for those who follow evil, um, it is it is a here and now thing. Paul's talking about trouble and distress right here, right now. Again, pointing echoes of that story of the prodigal son where, where the weeping and gnashing of teeth is taking place in the now. It's taking place in the moment. It's taking place right here. Hell on earth in a very real way. I'm going to tell you, you know, I tasted that last night. In my self-seeking, my desire, my desire to glory and victory in an argument. My desire. And I left that, I left hanging out with my friends feeling so sick about it. And, and I tasted trouble and, and distress to the point where last night I slept horrible, horrible as I, as I was thinking about that conversation. Um, you, you see, that was, that was a taste of hell. There was no peace. Now that I have asked, you know, I've, I've asked forgiveness, I've, I've dealt with some of this stuff, uh, even talking about it on this podcast, I am experiencing peace. That's gospel. That's the good story. That's the, the victory song. Peace as opposed to distress. Experiencing, tasting it right here, right now in, in our bodies, heaven on earth. Um, and, and the thing is, Paul says, listen, uh, this, the, the experience of these things, trouble and distress and uh, glory, honor, and peace, they're experienced by the Jew and the Gentile. God shows no favoritism. There is not one over the other. And so he is, he is bringing it all back to, to this reality that before our Creator, uh, whatever our ethnicity, whatever our race, we, we, we are simply human. And, and to be human is to deal with these things. To be human is... Is is to is to wrestle with with what it what it means to live out in this world, what it means to 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 go to love well, um, to press out and choose in the moment to extend kindness, grace, mercy, gentleness, love the way that God has done for us, even though we don't deserve it. This this is this is the heart of what Paul's saying here. And so, um, so what I want you to do, uh, my challenge for you uh, this week, uh, in, in light of in light of these uh, verses uh, one through eleven here in chapter two of, of Romans, is I want you to do some inventory. Uh, how have how have you how have you passed judgment on another? How have you uh, how have you chosen to to judge someone in a way that you yourself would not want to be judged? Um, how are you falling short of 
of your own standards. Not God's standards, your own standards. How are you falling short? And how have you seen God extend you grace in light of your own standards? And how have you seen other people in your life extend grace, kindness, love, mercy, gentleness to you in light of your own standard? Um, so, uh, my friends, I think if we can, if we can embrace some of this, if we can get to some of this, ah, oh, we, we are going to love well. And that's, that's what it is about. It is at the end of the day, it's about us. It's about us loving well, loving the way Jesus loved and, uh, and being his representatives, uh, in this world. So until next week, love well, my friends.